Thank you, Susan. Uh, continue the agenda. The following requests. The following items have been requested to be withdrawn. Uh, from your continued uh, agenda, item number one, Meadowstone Apartments, for the following applications at 200 and 230 Amarillo Avenue, 225 Bristol Avenue, and 6000 Curlew Drive. Uh, A, amendment to the city's future land use map within the general plan, Plan Norfolk 2030, from single family suburban to multifamily. B, text amendments to the city's zoning ordinance to create Meadowstone Apartment Residential Plan Development, PD Meadowstone District. C, change of zoning from R6 single family to PDR Meadowstone, Meadowstone Apartments Residential Plan Development District. D, for the closing, vacating, and discontinuing of an undeveloped portion of Bristol Avenue from the northern line of Cleveland Street and extending northwardly to its terminus. And E, for the closing, vacating, and discontinuing of an undeveloped portion of Amarillo Avenue from the northern line of an unapproved portion of Cleveland Street and extending northwardly to its terminus. And then regular item number five, Hampton Roads Land Company, for a change of zoning from R11 Moderate Density Multiple Family District to I5 Deep Waterfront Industrial District at 1700 through 1728 Willoughby Avenue, 408 to 420 Reeves Avenue, and 1709 and 1721 and 1725 and 1729 Claiborne Avenue. Dr. Newman? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Yes. Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. And Mr. Fraley? Aye. Okay, and now for the continued items. Uh, the following item has been requested to be continued from the August public hearing to the October public hearing. And this is regular item num uh, number one on your agenda, Meadowstone Apartments, for the following applications at 200 to 230 Amarillo Avenue, 201 uh, to 237 Bristol Avenue, 202 to 248 Bristol Avenue, and 6000 Curlew Drive. Uh, A, amendment to the future land use designation in the general plan, Plan Norfolk from single family suburban to multifamily. B, a change of zoning from R6 single family to conditional TODS, transitional orient transit oriented development support district. C, special exception for a multiple multifamily development consisting of more than seven units, and D, for the closing, vacating, and discontinuing of an undeveloped portion of Bristol Avenue from the northern line of Cleveland Street and extending northwardly to its terminus. And because this one is to October and the other ones are not, we're going to do this one separately. Um, Dr. Newman? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Yes. Uh, Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. And Mr. Frilly? Aye. Okay, and then the following items have been requested to be continued from the August public hearing to the September public hearing. Regular item number three, City Planning Commission for a Zoning Text Amendment to Section 4-0.5, Daycare Homes of the Zoning Ordinance to amend the minimum lot area requirement permissible to operate a daycare home. Regular item number 13, Toast, to amend a previously granted special exception to operate an entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages at 2406 Colonial Avenue. Uh, and regular item number 14, Bold Mariner uh, Brewing Company for a special exception to operate a microbrewery at 2409 Bowdens Ferry Road, Suite A. The September uh, City Planning Commission public hearing will be held here in City Council Chambers on September 24th, 2015 at 2.30 p.m. Dr. Newman? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Yes. Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. And Mr. Fraley? Aye.
So the first item on today's agenda. Item number two, Susan. It's item number two. Uh, West Norfolk Marketplace LLC for the following request. A, an amendment to the future land use designation in the general plan, Plan Norfolk 2030, from multifamily corridor to commercial at 1209 West 26th Street. Uh, B, an amendment to the future land use designation in the general plan, Plan Norfolk 2030, from industrial to commercial at 2330 Bowdens Ferry Road and a change of zoning from I-1 Limited Industrial District, I-3 General Industrial District, and C-2 Corridor Commercial District to Conditional C-2 Corridor Commercial District at 2315, 2401, 2419, 2501, 2517, 2601, 2605, and 2613 Hampton Boulevard, 1250 uh, West 24th Street, 1215, 1217, 1221, and 1225 West 25th Street, uh, 1204, 这是一个提议来自北京市政府的提议，呃，来改造这个地方。呃，这个地方是位于北京市政府的西北角。呃，这个地方是位于北京市政府的西北角。呃，这个地方是位于北京市政府的西北角。呃，这个地方是位于北京
this site, obviously, it's a, it's a new site, new buildings. They will be uh, demoing many of the, the structures that are there, so we'll be required to go through the site plan review process, uh, and many of the technical uh, aspects will be reviewed, stormwater landscaping, uh, as well if there are any uh, flooding implications. The applicant has shared with us uh, the elevations uh, on the slide now, uh, 26th Street. Um, that's the building that will front on 26th Street. Um, Uh, these are the buildings that will be along Hampton Boulevard, uh, and all the buildings are numbered, uh, and they are uh, numbered on the conceptual uh, site plan. So to accommodate uh, this request, uh, the applicant, as I mentioned, is requesting an amendment to uh, the general plan, uh, and they are also requesting that the property be rezoned from I-1, uh, I-3, and C-2, and then the whole thing would become uh, conditional C-2. The conditions that uh, are proffered by the applicant um, as part of the conditional rezoning are as follows. Uh, all of the uh, exterior elevations shall be developed generally in conformance with the attached elevations entitled uh, West Norfolk Marketplace LLC provided by Guernsey Tingle Architects dated July 31st, 2015, uh, and those are the elevations that you looked at in the presentation. And then the second condition is the site shall be developed generally in conformance with the attached conceptual site plan entitled West Norfolk Marketplace LLC, prepared by Guernsey Tingle Architects, dated July 31, 2015, and attached here to and marked as Exhibit B, subject to any revisions that may be required by the city as part of the site plan review process or as part of the ARB review process described uh, in Condition A above. So with these conditions, staff is recommending approval of the uh, plan amendment as well as the um, conditional rezoning condition I stated, these two conditions. Um, the shopping center will eliminate the existing intense industrial uses that are currently existing and are adjacent to uh, mainly single family. There are some mixed use, but in this area, single family uh, residential homes in Lambert's Point. Uh, and will provide uh, some much-needed commercial along this portion of Hampton Boulevard, and will also continue the Elizabeth River Trail um, in, in an area where it was called for. So we will get that continuation of the trail. Um, so uh, because of these reasons, as I mentioned, staff is recommending that this conditional uh, rezoning uh, and general plan be approved. Any questions? Thank you, Susan. Any questions? Any questions of Ms. Hart? Thank you, Susan. I'm here to speak in favor of this application, Mr. Thomas Tingle. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Members of the Planning Commission, my name is Tom Tingle. I'm president of Guernsey Tingle Architects and proud to be here representing the West uh, Norfolk Marketplace LLC. Um, I have hard copies of my presentation that are in front of Susan. Uh, if you prefer the old-fashioned method of flipping through them, uh, please feel free to grab those. But uh, uh, Tingle, if you would, give us your mailing address. I'm sorry, uh, 4350 Newtown Avenue, and that's in Williamsburg, Virginia. Thank you, sir. Uh, with me today from West Norfolk Marketplace, David Clark. Uh, back to my left, to your right, uh, Chris Odell from the development team as well. Also represented uh, from Timmons, Mark Richardson. Timmons is handling the engineering and landscape architecture for the project. Uh, not with us today, Ted Figura Consulting, formerly of Newport News and now in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. Ted did our fiscal impact uh, efforts uh, for the project. And also with us today is Brian Goodlow, traffic engineering, 
who's worked on the traffic and transportation piece of it uh, as we've gone through the uh, due diligence. The project, as Susan did a great job of, of providing an overview, as she said, is bounded by um, Hampton Boulevard to the right uh, or to the east, the Norfolk Southern right of way to the south, Bowden's Ferry Road on the west, and of course incorporates the what was uh, 24th Street, just a, a small extension of that, 25th, 26th, and 27th to the north. And to the left, you can see on these aerial photos, um, are the uh, beginnings of the Lambert's Point single-family development uh, that sit just to the west of the property. You folks have probably been out there and seen the uh, condition of the buildings that are there. It is, it's an active industrial site. Uh, some buildings are in better shape than others. Um, various warehouses, uh, recycling uses, and so forth. Uh, the building on the upper left, we actually documented think we were thinking we were going to be able to reuse that building. Unfortunately, uh, transportation is looking to do some additional uh, right-of-way for Hampton Boulevard, so that building uh, could not be retained. Uh, the Phantom Works building is actually across Hampton Boulevard to the right, uh, and even though the uh, structure on the bottom of the slides is look, looks fairly dilapidated, we have documented that, and uh, I think we can actually uh, reconstruct that uh, and use it in a way that can be pretty conducive for the project and for the neighborhood. The visions for the property from the city, again, a, kind of a recap of what Susan was sharing. Current zoning, all but about eight-tenths of an acre is I-1 and I-3. There is a portion of the project that is already zoned Z C-2 that's uh, between 26th and 27th, and you see that on the master plan. And, of course, that I-1 to I-3 is both light and indu intensive industrial. The uh, 2030 comp plan calling for commercial, multifamily, and industrial uses. We did an extensive look at the Central Hampton Boulevard area plan, that study from ODU to West Ghent. Uh, some of the things that came out of that plan was the intention to remove industrial users. Office and research use users were uh, originally proposed at that time, but of course that market, especially for office, has not been uh, very robust in the last 10 plus years. Uh, request for commercial redevelopment, and then some guidelines that uh, suggested streets, uh, excuse me, buildings along the street edge, especially along Hampton and the side streets to create a consistent streetscape and some traffic improvements. The desire to close 24th and 25th, improve 26th to a full service signalized intersection and forgive me because it's off the bottom of the sheet but clear presence and that's to be for the Elizabeth River Trail, the ERT, was supposed to be part of that project. The city also sponsored a charrette uh, a little over a year ago uh, that was conducted by WPA architects, Ray Gendros and, and UDA, just looking at different potential uses for the site, different uh, um, context and potential uh, uh, retail as well as mixed uses, how that might look, and the beginnings of an idea of uh, this image which suggested a reuse of that open shed structure in a way that kind of brought folks into the community and could be multiple use as the heart of the redevelopment. The process we've been through uh, for several months now, really since the beginning of the year, including site surveys, environmental soil studies, documenting some key structures on the site, numerous meetings with city staff, and really an extensive outreach program, uh, which I have to compliment my clients, the developers, on. We met with the Lambert's Point Civic League uh, three times in, in what we call community listening sessions, 
and once with the Greater Park Place Task Force as well. So what is the vision for this project from the development standpoint? 148,000 square feet. It's a mixed commercial use of retail, small shops, and restaurants. We see that anchored by an organic and natural grocery store, some upscale retailers, certainly uh, neighborhood support retail as well, restaurants and eateries, and most importantly, we want it to be pedestrian and bicycle friendly. Of course, we have to accommodate those that are coming here by car, so parking is, is necessary. And as the uh, Hampton Road or the Hampton Boulevard Corridor study recommended, bringing that Elizabeth River Trail into the project. So in a summary, uh, we see this being inviting to surrounding neighborhoods and young professionals that are either living in the area or moving back into the city. Some examples, the great example of the Fresh Market on 21st Street, other examples around the East Coast of buildings that have been gone through adaptive use or those that may have been designed to uh, be uh, kind of in a um, in more of a warehouse and industrial and railroad uh, character. And we are looking to other examples of rail uses. The site uh, did have a significant rail impact uh, as it does now with the coal yard to the south. So some potential uses and even the lower right hand image here which really tries to show uh, use of an old shed in a community use open air market type of, of feel. So the master plan that uh, Susan showed you before, uh, parking counts, we have, excuse me for reaching down, uh, 562 spaces on the site as well as some additional parking uh, on the streets that we think will support the project. A little larger uh, scale, what we're trying to do here are these buildings that are along Hampton Boulevard in relatively small um, footprints so that we create a nice articulation along Hampton Boulevard so we don't have one large long facade. Openings, glass along that boulevard kind of creating that urban edge and then those buildings start to provide some parking access behind the buildings so that you don't have the large parking fields visible from Hampton Boulevard. Additional buildings along the 25th Street corridor and really this is we see as the main entrance coming in off the 26th turning south and coming into what we're calling the heart of the project where we are reconstructing that shed or building a facility that looks very much like that. It's kind of an outdoor uh, pavilion area in the center of the project. And then the organic natural grocery here backing up to the NS right-of-way and additional retail here that would back up to Bowden's Ferry Road. The architecture is evocative of industrial buildings that might have been reused, a mixture of brick, metal siding, uh, some EIFS or stucco uh, materials, and introducing some metal uh, wide flange members and so forth that you might see on some of the buildings that are out there now. A lot of glass, uh, both facing the side streets as well as facing Hampton Boulevard, and then of course glass on the storefronts uh, where the customers will be entering the spaces from the parking lots themselves. The image to the bottom is a, a building that is along uh, 25th Street and you start to see an elevation and I'll show you in a few minutes in three dimensions uh, that open shed structure that could be reconstructed here at the end of the building. Let's talk for a minute about the Elizabeth River Trail. We know it's an important part of the fabric of what Norfolk is trying to redevelop. It of course starts north of the Lafayette River comes down through the ODU campus and area, 
right through our site, which is a uh, circle is a little bit off, but uh, right about in here, and then eventually downtown and along the Elizabeth River to Norfolk State. Um, we have proposed to tie that Elizabeth River Trail into a section of, really it's a, a, an extension of, of 25th Street that's a paper street that the city is looking to provide a direct connection so that it does not run along the streets, come along um, the south side of 25th Street adjacent to our public plazas here in the center of the site across a raised crossing here and then it would turn and go south along Hampton Boulevard and of course would have to go under the NS overpass in order to get uh, south towards Ghent. Just some section cuts through that area to give you an idea of how that would go through the neighborhood. Uh, this one showing along 25th Street, our stormwater management uh, to the left of that. Another section showing as that trail passes between the street and a proposed retail building. Uh, it is an eight foot wide trail that's proposed by the city but in addition to that eight feet, you have another six feet of buffer area on each side, so you don't have buildings or cars that encroach on that space. We think that that could be a key part of bringing pedestrian and bicyclist into the neighborhood, so it comes right by that open shed structure. Maybe that has some opportunity for a bike repair station, a watering station, and so forth. You have a little bit of a wider um, median where it crosses and goes down uh, south on Hampton Boulevard. So you see here Hampton Boulevard to the right of the slide, the trail, and then additional parking on the left. So that gives you an idea of what we're proposing. Uh, there has been some discussion about running that trail along the NS right-of-way, which would be kind of behind the larger uh, retail building that we have to the south of the property. And just to give you an idea of why we think that's inferior in terms of a solution to what we're proposing. Uh, that part of the trail, if it were placed here, would really kind of run between the loading docks and dumpster areas in the backs of those stores. And of course, you've got the coal uh, yard, the uh, um, coal hoppers coming into the Norfolk Southern uh, port here uh, just to the south. So we think in terms of scale and, and pedestrian scale, uh, certainly bringing it through the heart of the project is a much better uh, approach. Talk for just a moment about traffic. Um, this is a retail project, so yes, it will create some traffic. The counts are approximately 8,600 vehicle trips per day. Uh, what that doesn't take into account is that a lot of the folks coming to uh, this retail center uh, are also already on that Hampton Boulevard corridor as well as other streets. So our traffic analysis suggests that about 2,600 of those uh, vehicle trips are already kind of pass-by trips that are in the corridor and then in the vicinity. Uh, we're doing a tremendous amount to help manage that traffic. And again, a lot of these ideas come out of the Hampton Boulevard uh, uh, corridor study, uh, improving the uh, 26th Street uh, intersection to a signalized intersection, timing that so that you have uh, coordination with the current 27th Street signal. Uh, that intersection would also have pedestrian crosswalks and pedestrian signals. Um, fairly large lanes coming in off of Hampton Boulevard, two lanes in and three lanes out, so they have the opportunity for a uh, northbound or left, a left through and a right uh, coming out of the project. And then the 25th and 26th Street, excuse me, 25th and 24th Street intersections 
while the developers have not been able to obtain clear title to close those streets, although that option is still on the table, um, we are looking to downgrade those streets so that they become more of a parking lot space and both of those entrants would be right in and right out. So we would not have through traffic coming in northbound off of Hampton Boulevard and to reinforce that we are proposing a raised island in that center lane so that uh, traffic is not in encouraged to kind of pull uh, through that right in right out entrance. So we think that's going to cause uh, uh, cut down on some of the cross traffic on Hampton Boulevard, bring the traffic into the site here at 26, and then down and south into the project this way, uh, which will improve the amount of disruption you have on the Hampton Boulevard uh, current traffic that's there. Fiscal impact is significant as many retail and commercial projects are for the City of Norfolk. Uh, estimated fiscal impact annually of just over 1.19 million to uh, 1.37 million, about a 1.2 million average annually over the first 10 years of occupancy. Of course, that comes from a variety of incomes to the city, real estate taxes, personal property taxes, sales and meals taxes, and then business license fees and utility fees. In addition to that, you will see one-time revenues uh, during construction of about 31,000, and that's primarily through permit fees, inspections, uh, water and sewer tap, and the other utility connections. Environmental is always a concern with any redevelopment property. Of course, you have a fairly um, impervious site development out there now with buildings, parking, compacted gravel and dirt, uh, but we are proposing to provide uh, stormwater management per the latest Department of Environmental Quality regulations. That would include bioretention on site where we can incorporate it into islands and spaces, detention ponds, and some manufactured BMPs that would take the water under the parking lot or under islands. And we anticipate that we are able to use off-site uh, stormwater piping so that we're able to retain pro uh, stormwater on the site before it gets discharged into the city system. A few uh, three-dimensional views of the project which give you an idea of how it might feel. This looking at the entrance coming in off of Hampton Boulevard. Uh, to the right of this image is 26th Street. So you have a tremendous amount of glass and activity. Uh, let me go back to that one along the boulevard. Uh, that is, we recognize a pretty significant uh, vehicular boulevard, but we think that we can also start to make that feel a little bit more pedestrian with storefronts and some spaces that spill out in courtyards towards uh, Hampton Boulevard. The heart of the project is that open structure that you see here in the center of the uh, slide. It ties into retail and commercial buildings and perhaps restaurant and eateries on each side of it. So that's kind of the middle of the, the project. And then finally a dusk shot. We think it's going to be an exciting place to be in the evening as well as during the day to give you some idea of how that might look as you drive by or walk or bike by on Hampton Boulevard. So we're excited to be involved with this project. We appreciate uh, the Planning Commission's time, certainly appreciate uh, planning staffs and all of the extended staff's time as, that, uh, as they've been working with us over the last few months. Uh, and I will be glad to answer any questions you have. Thank you, Mr. Tingle. I want to thank you, too, for recognizing the limitations of us old school guys. Uh, if I could have been doing one myself that way, I would have. <laughs> Any questions of Mr. Tingle, comment, commissioners? 
Thank you. Stand by. Actually, I'll, I'll, Go ahead. I have a few questions about the Elizabeth River Trail. I see in the packet you've included the alternative um, to run the trail behind the shopping center. And I do have concerns. I think you mentioned that there'd be about 8,600 vehicle trips per day. And just going through my mind, I can't think of a place along the current trail where more vehicles or more traffic would be crossing the trail. Um, I'm concerned that, that there would be an interface between the, the pedestrians and the bicyclists on the trail and that many cars. Uh, wouldn't it be safer to run it behind the, um, the stores so that there wouldn't be that inter interface of, of traffic and, and pedestrians? You know, certainly that, that is the, um, uh, the general approach when you're trying to put in multi-use trails into urban environments. At the same time, we recognize that we have multiple curb cuts on multi-use trails in urban environments, as you probably have now on the Elizabeth River Trail, uh, not to mention the need to cross open public intersections, you know, where you have cross traffic and main traffic going through. Um, keep in mind that you know, the entrance to this project, in, in what's shown in blue on this, where that trail crosses that entrance, uh, we already have some pretty significant ca traffic calming devices in there. We're talking about raising that area so that um, it, it will be more than simply a crosswalk. The other thing that we've tried to do, really at, at uh, uh, a recommendation of planning staff, is to pull the, the buildings at that intersection back further so that you're actually driving or walking through open plaza spaces on either side so you have both visibility as well as the recognition that it's a pedestrian space. Um, you know, we see this as not just a crossing for the ERT but a significant pedestrian crossing for folks that are already in the retail center. You know, our desire is that once you come here and park your car um, you're able to see various stores, venues, restaurants that are around you, and you are going to use the internal sidewalks to get from one space to the other. So instinctively, yes, it would be nice to have it um, kind of behind the shopping center where it had perhaps less cross traffic there. Uh, the downside is we have to carry it down uh, Bowden's Ferry Road, which is going to introduce additional traffic. I think there is a, a microbrew going into a site just to the west of here on Bowden's Ferry. Um, and ultimately, we need to bring it back uh, you know, because of the elevation grade. We can't go directly from the NS right-of-way into the underpass. You almost have to bring it back up to the existing 24th Street cut in order to get a, even a bike grade that's comfortable enough to go down uh, through the underpass. So um, yeah, on face value, uh, Mr. Thomas, I, I would say I'd agree with you. But when we start to look at all the other aspects of this, we think it's a better solution to have it kind of run through the heart of the, the development. I, I think one of the plans that's been discussed is, you know, currently the Elizabeth River Trail runs down uh, 25th Street and connects, uh, back goes back off-road near that little micro farm in Lambert's Point. Mm -hmm. One of the things that's been discussed is try to avoid the trail run, having to run down that street altogether and continue along the tracks and meet up with the micro farm. That way avoids 25th Street and the, you know, the residential houses back there altogether and keeps it off the roadway, which again would avoid all the traffic in your shopping center and, and continue to avoid on-street trails. It, I just, it seems to me that that would be the better option. For the, so, for the so just to clarify, where now it ends here and comes down to 25th Street. Correct. Uh, rather than making this connection here, 
it perhaps would go down towards the NS right away and then run along here. Correct. That's exactly correct. Again, that, that, that may make some sense for the, for the ERT. You know, our position has been, um, this is our recommendation as the design team. Um, we have not said we can't make it work along the NS right away. Um, and we, we see the stakeholders in the trail being as much a part of that discussion as anything. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I just, I echo Mr. Thomas's, uh, thoughts on the trail, someone who uses that trail regularly several times a week. You know, it does run along the railroad track down through West Kent, comes back around the Norfolk Southern property on the, uh, on the, um, other side uh, of the tracks there. I would favor keeping that out of the development from a running, biking standpoint. It, um, I think it's going to be a little congested through, through that area. It's not going to be comfortable for people to use that trail. It's not going to be comfortable for people um, crossing that trail. So I would, I'd like to see a little bit more time put into to keeping that trail back along the uh, NS uh, right away, if we could. You're nodding your head, Mr. Tingle. <laughs> I'm acknowledging the comment, Mr. Chairman. <laughs> with, Thank with you. That, with that, on a different note, um, I, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a development that uh, I'm glad to see coming through. Uh, I, I'm a little disappointed in the suburban nature of it. I wish there was more adaptive reuse of what's there. Uh, but nonetheless, I think you've done a, a fairly good job on the architecture. I'm, I'm impressed with that. And so I, I thank you for coming forward. I, I think thank you're you. doing a good job. Thank you, Mr. Tingley. Any other comments from commissioners? Questions? Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, also here to speak in favor of this application, Mr. Thomas Harris. Good evening. My name is Thomas Harris. I'm the president of the Lamas Point Civil League. We are in favor of the Shopping Center. However, we will like. Harris, could you give us your mailing address? Oh, yes. 1231 West 27th Street, Norfolk. Just around the corner from where the Shopping Center will be. Uh, the proposed development project has changed a portion of Lamas Point to West Side Place to develop a shopping center along another, another high organic market another pet store, and other gun store. The developer project was conceived a backroom deal with the initial presentation of held in Get, and not Lamas Point. The Lamas Point Civil League represent residents, students, business owners, demand a moderate price market for the Lamas Point. The Lamas Point Civil League was informed last year that a supermarket was back on the table according to the planning department. There was no mission of the 250 apartment at that time. Our pets, our gun store. Resolved, the Lamas Point Civil League support and endorse a moderate price supermarket and as the first project to be developed. And what we mean by that, we'd like to see the supermarket go up first. That were beneficial to residents, students, visitors, and all through traffic. The singleness of these petitions do not support a west side place. We would like to have a name change in that. What we mean by that is that Lamos Point is one of the oldest communities in the city of Norfolk. We would like to see Lamos Point Marketplace go up in instead of West Side because this originated from Ghent when there was me, the Old Dominion, and 
the uh, planning law was going over to meet up and get, and Lamont's Point was not involved into this. So we like to see it as Lamont's Point Marketplace. And along with this, the Ghana market is a feasible and a target of area population. Lamont's Point is a historic commun community known wide, worldwide, junction with the Davis, Norfolk Naval Base. And the city of Norfolk officials should abide by the rules and rules of the transit and the spirit of the civil league concept. There was 151 signature names here that we have that we can submit today. And as of here, we have a few of the members from the Lamont's Point Civil League like to stand. All these members behind me, excuse it more that it's not here, are in favor, but we'd like to see some changes made into this. And also, I'm at your seat. We're going to present this to the City Planning Commissioner for our approval of the shopping center and everything. Thank you, Mr. Harris. And thank you for all the residents of Lambert's Point coming out. Any comment? Thank you, sir. We also want to acknowledge the following person, David Clark. Just a question. Thank you, sir. Dan Short. Thank you. Uh, Daniel Short, 2400 Hampton Boulevard. I overwhelmingly support what's being proposed here, the, the general look along Hampton Boulevard, it has long been, you know, I, I moved to Norfolk 15 years ago, and the area from the railroad tracks at that point just about to ODU was pretty rough looking, and there's been a lot of improvements over the years, and really this is about the last section that, that kind of needed it, so I, I couldn't support it more. My primary concern is, or my question is, you currently have a choke point in traffic underneath the bridge, I mean, even so, I know there's a proposal to begin widening Hampton Boulevard. There has been a, an ongoing effort where sidewalks are being moved so that there's a potential for either a fifth lane, you know, as right now there's four lanes, potentially a fifth or even a sixth lane to come through. But that railroad bridge is currently a choke point. Are there any plans by the city in anywhere in the near future to look at how to relieve that choke point so that as traffic uh, is increased on Hampton Boulevard, which is already extremely heavy, that, that it would, you know, is there anything that can look at alleviating that, that current problem? Well, I think this particular applicant has indicated what they intend to do in terms of moderating the traffic problems there, in terms of there being a definitive plan right now to mitigate the traffic problems at the underpass. George, are you are familiar with anything that you could share with us in that regard? I saw that, George. I can add a, just a, uh, some insight from the west side of, of Norfolk, and certainly that underpass there uh, at, on Hampton Boulevard is very, very difficult for any expansion to go there. This is, was an issue when we discussed the, the addition of the second tube at the Midtown Tunnel. Right. You're exactly right. There is a choke point along there. There is no way to widen Hampton Boulevard um, on the uh, south side uh, as you head towards the tunnel. So once you go under the underpass, you cannot widen that road there. It is absolutely a choke point going there. We've had those discussions a while back. 
I don't know that widening Hampton Boulevard to the mouth of the underpass is going to make much of a difference either. Uh, so obviously not truly germane to this project right now, but just a little side note on that. That's an issue that we're going to be tackling here over the, over the next couple, couple of years, but I would agree with you. This addition there will bring, uh, will fit with the, the plan uh, that, that we've looked at there. It's going to bring people onto the streets and hopefully get more pedestrian traffic and bicycle traffic right. through there and take some of the cars off. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. I also want to acknowledge uh, Mr. Brian Goodlow, who wants us to know that he's in favor of this application. you wish to speak, Mr. Goodlow? Come right along. Good afternoon, uh, Mr. Chairman, ladies and gentlemen of the Planning Commission and Mrs. Paula. Uh, my name is Brian Goodlow. Uh, my office address is 8809 Adams Drive East, Suffolk, Virginia. I did the traffic engineering uh, uh, work for and worked with your city staff. And I think Mr. Tom Tingle, our architect, did a very nice job of explaining. But it's been some issues raised here that I would like to uh, share with you. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, the city staff wanted us to take and to do this project where if something more came in, you had the capacity to handle it. So what we did in looking at the transportation, we did not do any multimodal uses. The only thing we did, we said everyone will be coming by an automobile. Looking at that case, you folks, as well as I know, that's not going to happen, okay? You have real good by six uh, bicycle access to this. You have good pedestrian access. You got a college not too far from this. It's an, it's an urban community. And the other thing is you have the, the HRT, you know, the transit, you have bus stops and so forth close by here. So, I mean, in, in many ways, you could pull quite a bit of this traffic off and say it's going to be coming by other uses. Uh, and certainly I think your comments were very good. The other thing, I've been in this area for since 1972. I was a district traffic engineer for what was the Department of Highways, which now VDOT, uh, during the 70s, had a chance to work on many projects here in the city. I was involved with the widening of Hampton Boulevard. I was in, we were informed by the mayor at the time that would be the last time we ever widened Hampton Boulevard, and we're back talking about that again. One of the things I can tell you um, is you have a backup going to the, uh, down, uh, the Midtown Tunnel every afternoon. It generally starts about 3.30, and we did not address that in the study, but let me tell you what I think is going to be happening. When this corridor for the, the Midtown Tunnel is opened up to a four-lane facility, that backup is going to be it's not, I'm not going to say you're not going to have some backup, but, you know, you have the street capacity in Portsmouth to be able to handle this. So I think you will see this really uh, much less than what you have now. Let's put it that way. Uh, and, you know, it's a lot of facilities like the hospital and everything else, as well as the downtown portion of the city that uses the midtown. So uh, I'll be here for questions. I thank you. Uh, for your considerations, and if you have any questions, I'll be glad to try to answer them. Thank you, Mr. Goodlow. Any questions, Mr. Goodlow? Commissioners? Well, now that I've, I've got an expert in front of me on, on the traffic issues there, and you brought up the Midtown Tunnel, I'm not going to belabor the point, but 
you do realize moving through the historic corridor of Hampton Boulevard, as you enter the mouth of the tunnel, there are multiple stoplights, there's multiple crosswalks. Yes, sir. We have multiple school-aged children crossing from Ghent over to West Ghent and vice versa. They're still going to need to stop. The, yes. and the speed through there is not going to change. Right. So, you know, I'm still wondering how the throughput is going to be improved, and you're not going to have the backup. Let, let me long. let me let me explain to you. Uh, the answer to your question is yes, and I think I had every one of those historical structures explained to me back in the '70s right. when we were working for it. Um, actually, Al Nash, our assistant district engineer, I think his uh, mother lived along Hampton Boulevard. So, uh, what what you have is yes, uh, that is one that uh, that's very important because you have a lot of pedestrians along there too, and one of the things that you're going to have. What is causing most of the backup is you cannot take and really feed lanes into the, um, into the tunnel. That's where you see the significant backup. And you have all sorts of provisions there to keep people from cutting through streets and, and you know, all of that type of stuff to get in front of someone else or, you know, the various kinds of lanes and uh, lines and so forth you have. So the answer to your question is, uh, I don't, uh, I don't think that's going to do too much to deal with the, the speeds, but I do think it's going to reduce down the queuing that you have. So it's a... Uh, and this is based on many years of experience. So I, I, I think that part's going to be better. Uh, so uh, uh, you, can, you can tell me as soon as it's open. Now, man, the guy didn't know what he's talking about. Right. <laughs> we'll see soon enough, I suppose. It's, yes, it's, uh, it's coming one way or the other. We'll, oh, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank I think you. it's a much-needed improvement for this. Thank you, Mr. Miller. Thank you. Any more questions? Do you have any other questions, comment, commissioners? Thank you, thank you sir. And I recognize that there is a, a no uh, opposition to this application. Any more comment or question you have, commissioners, before we move forward? I, I would move that uh, we accept the application with the option to include the Elizabeth River Trail running along the um, train tracks rather than through the development so that it can meet up with the Elizabeth River Trail at the micro farm. Motion. That's a motion. That's a motion. That's second. Susan. It, uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> these condition. It's a conditional rezoning, and it has to be. These conditions have to be proffered by the applicant, which is oh. why I'm. Okay. Yeah. He uh, will the app, Mr. Tingle, as you would, sir. Good try. This. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you willing to give consideration to the relocation of the Elizabeth River Trail in conjunction with what you heard here in terms of recommendation? I think certainly if the Planning Commission feels strongly about that, making that, a, um, making that an added item along with the approval, um, I would simply ask that it not be a firm condition simply because we need to go back, talk to transportation, look at the site plan to make sure this is, can work. So. Uh, I, I certainly don't want a wordsmith, but a recommendation or request, as opposed to being a condition of rezoning, uh, would be helpful for us to move towards City Council. Mm -hmm. George? Mr. Chairman, if, and, and Mr. Tingle, if, if I might try to do a little wordsmithing, um, I might suggest a third condition um, to, the, to the proffers, which would say 
something, and obviously this would have to be voluntarily offered by you. I'm not, I'm not trying to write it for you, but um, the Elizabeth River Trail shall be extended through the development in a location to be approved by the Department of Public Works during site plan review. That leaves open all possibilities and does tie it to the site plan review process. Certainly that would be acceptable. Not exactly what I was asking for. Well, well. Can, you, can you add on that with the preference of it going behind the shopping center with, with Martin? I think I'd rather continue it and let him bring it back to us and show us why it can't work. Uh, is that an option for you, Mr. Tingle? Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, continuation, as you can imagine, uh, is, is a challenge as well. I think our, uh, in response, if you wanted to say that it were, were a preferred route as part of the condition that it run along the NS right away, uh, we would be acceptable to that as well. Understanding that City Council, this is your recommendation to City Council, and City Council will have the ultimate say on it. City Council will want us to send them the, you know, the best possible plan and not leave a lot of open ends on uh, on the table when they, they consider Understood. So we're trying to bring them the best planned uh, uh, use on that trail. George, did I get any closer? Um, so, <laughs> so, so, Tom, um, the, the, the wording would be something to the effect of the Elizabeth River Trail shall be extended through the development and a location to be approved by the Department of Public Works during site plan review with the preferred route immediately parallel to the Norfolk Southern right-of-way. Does that meet the, uh, the muster of the motion maker? <laughs> I don't know the council's going to be asking that. Uh, understand, we, as Dr. Dr. Newman indicated, our aspiration here is to try to make this already great plan even greater so that we, when it does get to city council, there's a circumstance which uh, is merely a, uh, as close to a rubber stamp as you can get with this. Um, there are circumstances with regard to maintaining this trail which uh, preclude uh, the need for us to say that um, what's been proposed is indeed uh, where we would like to necessarily see it. Um, we would hope that you folks would m see the value of uh, seeing if we can work this such that all the parties to the ongoing approvals are on the same page. I didn't make myself clear, I know, but... Uh, <laughs> as clear as I was, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think you get our drift here. Um, we, we'd like for the, uh, the trail to be in line with uh, the rear of the buildings uh, so that it cuts down on the heavy uh, vehicular and bicycle traffic and pedestrian traffic along the Hampton Boulevard corridor. We think that presents a far more safe environment and also increases uh, the maintenance of the integrity of the trail as best you can in this type of development. Um, yeah, and we certainly understand that the, the practical aspect of it. I think, uh, you know, that, that sense of place that's created by bringing pedestrians and bicyclists into the vet development was uh, what we felt was, was the right thing to do as well. But mm -hmm. we understand the, the, uh, uh, the other perspective. Mm -hmm. 
I sense you may hear some of the similar sentiment at, at council. So um, we're just trying to help move in that, mm -hmm. you know, that direction. Well, again, we, so, we support Mr. Homewood's uh, wordsmithing, um, but leave it to the planning commission as to whether that's acceptable for the motion. Are we happy with that, commissioners? I sense somebody wants it stronger, George. Well, go ahead. Well, I'd actually, my preference would be to have it in both places. So. <laughs> Can't have it in both George. Um, well, at this point, the application is the, the three proffers, the two that were included and the third one that's just been read. Um, so unless there are other amendments to it, that those would be the three proffers that are uh, on the table for consideration. But you've drawn up the option uh, and included in the packet. What are your outstanding concerns at this point, other than your preference to run it through the center for business purposes? Um, the width to include the buffer areas, and, and frankly, to make sure that we have enough distance from the NS right away so that we're, we're not on top of the ballast in the ditch, um, probably forces us to move the building that's to the south Give me a forward. Number seven. Mm -hmm. Our southernmost building here is going to have to move north, perhaps uh, anywhere from 10 to 12 feet. We do have currently a, a conflict with the 24th Street right of way that we do not own. If that is maintained, then our challenge is simply one of engineering and pushing this building north while still maintaining this entrance here. Uh, we can certainly look at, you know, if, if you can imagine that building moves north, we lose a bay of parking uh, in the main parking bay. We can probably engineer some additional parking spaces to accommodate that. But our current concern, uh, Mr. Thomas, is that we simply, the buffer down here is not adequate to give us that elbow room that we need to maintain the workability of a multi-use trail in this location without giving you a little bit more buffer. So uh, there's our engineering challenges. And again, we have not said that it's not possible. We just want to make sure that we don't commit to something that in turn has a ripple effect that, uh, that presents a, a quite a different plan to council. I would say I would be comfortable with the current um, conditions with, the, with your word that we can, we can see this engineered uh, option before it gets to council or council will, will have, be able to see that. Certainly, we, we would expect to, to make modifications to the plan to, uh, to make sure that we, we feel like we have mitigated as much risk on this as possible before it gets to council. Absolutely. You happy with that, Dr. Dan? I am, but it's not my motion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Martin? Not my, yeah. We can go ahead. Okay. Right. Any other comment, commissioners? Okay. Uh, the motion is to recommend that the general plan uh, amendment and the rezoning be approved subject to the proffered conditions uh, as amended. And I'm going to read this condition one more time. The ERT shall be extended through the development in a location to be approved by the Department of Public Works during uh, site plan review with the... I can't read your writing, George. Preferred. <laughs> With the preferred route immediately parallel to the Norfolk Southern right-of-way. Dr. Newman? 
Uh, overall, great project. Looking forward to coming uh, to the west side of Norfolk. Uh, aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. McClellan? I, I like the project too. I live nearby. Uh, looking forward to using it. I would um, say thanks to the Lamberts Point Civic League for all their efforts. Um, and I think it's important that you. Oh, sorry. Looking forward to using this. Um, and thanks to the Lamberts Point Civic League members who attended and for all those who signed the petition. And I think it's important as you move forward to continue them in the discussions. Um, I think they make some very good points about the fact that this will be located in Lamberts Point, and it would be nice to give them a nod in some way, shape, or form. And so I hope you will do so going forward. And I say yes. Aye. Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? I, I agree. We're, we've got disagree on a very, very small portion of this overall. I'm very happy and thank you for your investment. Thanks. Aye. And, and Mr. Frilly. I see this as a great project. I'm delighted that you folks have decided to put a footprint on this. I do thank the Lambert's Point folks. We put a great value on the contributions of our civic leagues. And we hope, as Ms. McClellan says, that you might take their recommendation or suggestion under advisement as you go forward. Uh, but I thank you. I think this is a, a very meaningful project and it adds a great deal to our city. I vote yes. Thank you. The next item on the agenda, number four, Noah Bashau, for the following applications at 6420, 6440, and 6506 North Military Highway. A. You would, ladies and gentlemen, excuse me, please keep the noise down. We do have to continue with our presentation. Thank you. A, a zoning text amendment to repeal section 11-42 Green Gifford localized sign overlay district of the zoning ordinance and B, a change of zoning from C4 large scale commercial Green Gifford localized sign overlay district to conditional C2 quarter commercial district. The purpose of these requests is to allow for the development of a grocery store. Thank you, Susan. And uh, we recognize that there is no opposition to this application. Uh, was there a Presentation scheduled? No. Okay. All right, there is no opposition. Okay. Uh, the motion is to recommend that the zoning text amendment and rezoning be approved subject to the proffered conditions. Dr. Newman? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Mrs. McClellan? Yes. Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. And Mr. Fraley? Aye. We'll make that recommendation to council. Good luck. Um, okay, and then the next uh, item would be uh, skipping down to number six, George Yancey, for a change of zoning to modify the conditions on property zone conditional HCG3, Ghent Historic and Cultural Conservation District at 1201 Colonial Avenue. The purpose of this request is to amend the zoning conditions on the property, which currently limit the use of the property to a retail dollhouse establishment and to permit the site to be used as an office. Um, this is a request by Mr. Yancey for a conditional uh, change of zoning. The site is located on the northwest corner of East Princess Anne Road and Colonial Avenue. Um, to the north, you've got uh, a single-family home, um, a very large single-family home. Uh, to the south, you've got a 7-Eleven, and then there's a church next to that. Uh, and then to the east, uh, there is multifamily, and then that's where the uh, Harris Teeter is. Uh, and then the west, there's a medical office and then a set of condominiums. Uh, again, the request would be to allow um, the use of the site as an office. It is currently conditionally zoned to not allow that. Um, as I mentioned, uh, in um, 
some time ago the property was rezoned and there were a set of conditions that came along with that rezoning. Um, it uh, limited the use uh, of the site to uh, retail doll establishment, uh, dollhouse accessories, uh, and then it also limited the hours. What the applicant uh, would like to do is operate his law firm uh, from that facility. Um, so to do that, he would need to uh, amend those conditions. Um, this was a little bit of a, a work in progress. Um, initially, the applicant had proffered uh, that the use would be uh, as a law office, and that was based on concerns expressed by the Ghent Neighborhood League. Uh, and then he was leaving the existing hours that were in the conditional rezoning, 9 to 5, in place. Um, after further discussion with both the Commission and then further discussion um, with the Ghent Neighborhood League, uh, those conditions have been revised. And I have worked with the applicant, and he uh, is willing to proffer the conditions. And let me read the revised conditions. Uh, the property shall only be used for an office use, with the exception of medical office or medical clinic, which uses are specifically prohibited. And the hours of operation for the office use shall be limited uh, to 9 o'clock a.m. until 9 o'clock p.m. seven days per week. So I think those conditions both satisfy the concerns expressed by the Ghent Neighborhood League. Uh, and these are um, conditions that uh, the applicant is willing to proffer. So with those conditions, staff is recommending that the application be approved. Thank you, Susan. Any questions of Susan's commissioners? Thank you. I uh, do want to acknowledge the applicant, Mr. George Anthony Yancey. Mr. Yancey, would you like to speak, sir? The podium is yours. Good afternoon. I'm George Anthony Yancey, 1201 Colonial Avenue. And uh, I don't have any changes uh, to what's been proffered. In fact, I'm glad that it has developed to what you've just heard. Um, it's a location I've been in now for a couple of years, just trying to make sure that it complies with what use we are making of it. Um, and I don't have much else to add. I would just ask that you consider that and approve it. Thank you. Any questions of Mr. Yancey, comments, commissioners? Thank you, sir. Thank you. Susan? Uh, the motion is to recommend that the change of zoning to modify the existing conditions be approved, subject to the conditions as modified at the public hearing. Dr. Newman? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Yes. Uh, Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. And Mr. Fairley? Aye. We'll make that recommendation to council. Good luck. Uh, item number seven on your agenda, for a special exception to construct a fence at 231 West Ballview Avenue with alternative dimensions than what is otherwise permissible under the regulations of section 13-2.2B3 of the zoning ordinance. Bobby. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, again, as Susan stated, this is a special exception request for an alternative fence location at the property located at 231 West Ballview Avenue. Uh, it's at the corner of West Ballview and Capitol Avenue. Uh, around it is a mixture of single-family and multifamily uses. And again, the, the request is to allow for an alternative fence location. Um, not too long ago, we revised the fence uh, standards to allow for fences on corner lots to be developed closer to the right-of-way or to the street um, as long as it didn't as long as it met certain criteria the key criteria for it to even qualify is that the streets themselves were t slower streets 25 miles per hour uh, essentially inside a neighborhood and the regulations essentially mimic the fact that there was ability to allow someone to enclose their rear yard um, by getting closer to the corner, to the side street. Right? So uh, typically now we require a 10-foot setback from the property line on the side street. 
the alternative fence location requirements allow for you to get as close to three feet from the property line as long as you meet certain criteria. Uh, those criteria uh, would state that the area between the fence and the, and the property line is to be a grass or landscaped area. Um, the fence itself cannot extend past the rearmost portion of the residence, and the fence uh, shall be uh, capped and have, shall have a cap on top of it that extends the length of the fence, uh, mostly just for an aesthetic reason. Um, the intent of the ordinance is to allow for, or the, the regulations to allow for the uh, pedestrians and users of the sidewalk to feel safe while the fence is still being located closer to the property line. In this situation, the existing fence that Mr. Braun has is actually closer to uh, the property line than the required three-foot requ uh, distance. That being said, the actual distance from the sidewalk itself is four feet. So uh, in staff's opinion is that that meets the intent of the ordinance to allow for distance between the, uh, the actual fence as an obstruction and the sidewalk and, and pedestrians on the sidewalk. Uh, where the fence is deficient is that it does it does extend past the rearmost portion of the residence. Um, again, the intent of the regulation was to provide for someone to enclose the rear yard. Um, the fence, though, does stop midpoint of the residence itself. It does not go all the way to the front. There is a porch there. Uh, the applicant, uh, by looking at the way the fence was installed, wanted to assure that their porch had uh, visual, uh, no visual obstructions to the sidewalk as well. Um, because of the location of the fence, staff is recommending approval subject to the following condition, um, that the existing portion of the solid fence that extends past the rearmost portion, portion of the residence shall either be removed, altered to not pass the rearmost portion of the residence, or altered to be 50% transparent or to two and a half foot tall and solid. Um, the applicant uh, does not agree with the that uh, condition, and I believe he'll speak to that. He, as I gave you earlier, he did that, write a letter stating he is requesting approval for the fence in its existing location. Uh, Bobby, can you can you show us on the screen here this exactly what you are recommending for him to be in compliance? Yes, sir. So his existing fence now, oops, would essentially be. Uh, would stop at the back corner of the residence if it was to be relocated to the staff's recommended recommended condition. Um, the existing fence now, as you can see, is, um, and I'm going to highlight it here, It's out. it starts from the frame garage, comes down and over towards the property line on Capitol Avenue, comes down to about the midpoint of the residence and over towards the residence. Um, the portion that needs to be changed is the portion that's past this, this rearmost, rearmost portion of the residence. Um, and again, the applicant is requesting for the fence to be left in its current location. Bobby, I have a question. What is, and I apologize because I can't see the, the fine print here. What, what uh, type of uh, measurement are we talking about? If they, that were moved back, how many feet back would that need to be moved uh, back to that blue line? I actually did not scale that. Based on the, me based on the, the measurements, provided on the survey is probably about 20 feet. It needs to be relocated 20 feet back. 20 feet back? Yes. Okay. Bobby, is the, is the fence meeting all of our safety guidelines, lines of sight, you know, from the from the garage, going out of the garage, as it stands today, without moving it? Does it does it meet all our safety guidelines? Is it? Yes, Mr. Hales, it does. Okay. Uh, and so, so, Bobby, to what extent is he, is he not in compliance with our most recent fence guidelines? 
the portion that is not in compliance is the part of the fence that extends past the rear of the residence. Oh, boy. Okay. I will give, the, the fence does not extend all the way to the front like we would typically see in most situations. Um, and again, I will reiterate, uh, I believe that uh, the applicant had stopped the fence in that fashion so that he could continue to maintain sight lines to the sidewalk for his residence from his porch. Mm -hmm. um, he is not blocking anything that would cause any safety issues. Um, but unfortunately, that does not meet what the ordinance was written for, which is why it is before you now. And, and the fence in question is a six-foot privacy. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Uh, and, and the six-foot privacy is all right, provided that you have uh, sight lines through it. Is that correct? In other words, ostensibly, if you could see through that six-foot fence visibility, you would be in compliance. It would, it would be a... A transparent 50% transparent right. fence that would be permitted the fence a solid a privacy fence could be located on that corner side if it was 10 foot set back from the property line and still be in that same location um, I will reiterate the I believe the applicants intent to stop it does allow for his opportunity to continue to maintain safety on the sidewalk leading to mr. Hale's comment uh, previously um, for pedestrians and for his property as well and Bobby, I have a question. I don't know if you know the answer. Perhaps the applicant can address this. Um, the outdoor AC units, do you happen to know where those are located? Unfortunately, they were not located on the survey. Typically, the survey would locate it. I am assuming it's behind that fence location because that is referred to in his letter. But that was the question. Any, I'm sorry, Bobby. Were you about to say something? Sir. Uh, any other questions, uh, Mr. Tahan? Mr. Chair, if I could make a clarification. Um, mainly for the benefit of the public. It, when, um, when staff describes where this fence would have to be to be compliant, um, it's not that where it is now is, is illegal or non-compliant. It just does not comply with the administrative requirements. It is compliant if it secures a special exception from the city council, and that's why it's here. So it's not a choice between a, a, a legal fence or an illegal fence. It's a choice between a fence that would be administratively approved at the counter or whether it needs some sort of special consideration and a special exception through this process because of a unique circumstance. So um, for folks out there thinking about building fences, that's um, a, an important distinction. Yes, the, the key point to the change in the ordinance is to allow for safe, to continue to maintain uh, safe situations for pedestrians and for the vehicular traffic. Um, in other situations where there are more lanes of traffic or more speed, the ability to get closer to the property line is not permitted to go through the special exception process for individual review. Thank you, Bobby. Any other questions? And uh, thanks for that clarification, Adam. Any other questions, Mr. Hahn, commissioners? Uh, thanks, Bobby. Uh, here to speak in favor of this application, Mr. Braun, William Braun. Good afternoon, William Braun, 231 West Bellevue Avenue. Um, I would just ask that the commission think uh, in favor of allowing me to keep the fence where it currently is. It's been there for, I know it's not zoned properly, but it's been there for over two years. I've caused no problems with any of my neighbors. No citizens have any issues. There's been no issues with sight lines, traffic, anybody getting hurt or anything else like that. I did it basically as a way to have some privacy in my backyard, um, not realizing that 
it needed to have a special exception or anything else because you seem to see six-foot privacy fences abundant in this city that are very similar to mine on a corner lot. So I don't want to have to remove the fence. I don't want to have to take every other picket out. I do have a dog that would easily slide through every a six-foot picket. She would get out of it. Um, and I, I like the privacy, and I don't think it harms anybody else or affects any of my neighbors at any point in time. So I would ask that the commission allow the fence to remain where it is, despite the fact that it doesn't meet all of the criteria at this point in time. When did you recognize, Mr. Brown, that you were not in compliance with the zoning ordinance? When the gentleman showed up to my house and told me the fence was not in compliance and we stopped mm -hmm. construction of it. Mm -hmm. So it actually is not actually 100% finished at this point. I stopped two years ago before you guys rewrote the zoning ordinance for corner side lot fences. And at that point in time, I was under the impression that I had met the new guidelines until the gentleman showed back up and put another notice on my door that I was not in compliance. So I'm back here in front of you guys. I've spent money on a survey. I've spent money on a special exception application, mm -hmm. and I've taken a day off of work to come here because I feel it's important to me and my family. Thank you, Mr. Brown. Any question, commissioners, Mr. Brown? Comment? You know, I, I did drive by the uh, the house near my house, and I, unless I saw this application, I, you never know that this fence it's, it's looks like every other fence in the neighborhood. So you know, there's no safety issues to it. So, thank you, Mr. Hills. Thank you, Mr. Brown. Appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Mm -hmm. Any other comment, commissioners? Anything further for clarity? Susan. Okay, so the motion I'm, I'm going to read would include the condition which would require the removal. We remove that condition. I'm going to remove that. Wait. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just grant the special. I don't have a motion to remove the. Yeah. Yeah. I have to make a motion to remove the. Uh, yes. Yes. The majority of the um, commission's will to have the conditions except for that one, um, then we can vote on the modified special exception. But first, we'd have to know um, well, whether a majority of the commission would like that to leave that condition off. Well, then I'll make a motion to remove that condition to change and, the fence. And the condition, again, for the record, Matt? Is to uh, remove or change the fence. I want to leave the fence as it stands today. Mm -hmm. Second. Been moved and second. Okay. All right, so then uh, the motion is to recommend that the special exception be approved. Without the condition. The motion. The motion, the, mo the motion is to, to vote on the amendment, which would be to remove the condition. Right. So you want to Requiring relocation right. of the fence. Okay. All right, so the motion is to remove the condition from the special exception as it appears in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Mr. McClellan? Yes. Ms. McClellan? Ms. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ms. How Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. And Mr. Freely? Aye. All right. Now the motion is to recommend that the special exception be approved. Uh, Dr. Newman? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Uh, Ms. McClellan? Yes. Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. And Mr. Freely? Aye. Thank you. Okay. The next item on your agenda is item number eight, Bud's used tires and brake service for special exception to operate an automobile and truck repair facility uh, at 3345 North Military Highway. Good afternoon. Uh, this is 
a request from Bud's used tires and brake services for a special exception to permit an automobile and truck repair facility at 3345 North Military Highway. It's located on the west side of North Military Highway, just south of the uh, intersection of Military and Lynn Street. Uh, the surrounding area has a variety of commercial uses. To the north, you have the Mystic Moon. To the south, you have the Econo Lodge. And to the east, you have uh, the flea market um, and various other auto repair uses, um, such as the old Bud's Tires used, location, used Tires location. And to the west, you have the Hertz uh, car storage lot. And again, this request is to allow for a new special exception to operate uh, the Bud's Used Tires facility um, where there previously was a triangle rent-a-car uh, car rental site. It's currently zoned C2 uh, corridor commercial, which permits car repair by special exception, and that's why we're here today. And I will say there are a, numer a number of uh, site improvements that will be made at this property. Um, some of them include, um, as you can see here in the conceptual site plan, they're going to build a new building to the rear of the lot, uh, the proposed auto service building with four bays, about 4,500 square feet. Uh, the, uh, the building on site will remain um, as, as the office. And there will be, uh, the site plan review will be required, full site plan review, because they're disturbing enough uh, land. And that will ensure things like landscaping, stormwater, parking, um, all of those requirements are met. And it's also important to, note, to uh, mention that the barbed and razor wire that's currently there, it's uh, along the current fence, all of that will be removed. Uh, the, the fence will actually be, the existing part of the fence, uh, as you can see in the site here, they're moving from the front, they're taking all away the fence in the front of the building and they're removing it to the back, kind of the back of the building. Uh, that's gonna be repaired, the whole fence. And uh, they will also be putting perimeter landscaping around or between the parking lot and adjacent properties to the, to the it really would be the north and the south. Um, and then on North Military Highway, you'll see at least a 10 foot landscaping buffer uh, street trees uh, are also part of the special exception conditions, uh, which is also uh, in the general plan, uh, in the military highway corridor plan calls for street trees or similar landscaping along the North Military Highway frontage. Uh, the existing non-conforming sign will be removed. It's a large pole sign along the uh, military highway frontage. And it'll be replaced with a new mo conforming monument sign. And all these will also be subject to any required revisions to be made during the site plan review process. And with that, staff does recommend approval of this application, um, subject to the conditions in the report. And I have not heard from, from any neighbors or from the Civic League in the vicinity. Um, they have indicated in a previous application nearby, they've indicated that they, uh, the, the current Civic League, which is uh, Idlewood Sandy Heights, that they do not, uh, they do not want to have input on anything west of Military Highway. So, any questions? Any questions of Mr. Whitney? Do we have any elevations that are proffered along with this? Oh, we don't currently. No, no, sir. Any other businesses around that location giving you any feedback at all, Chris? Uh, 
Um, not not yet. No, uh, we did send the mailings to all property owners within mm. 300 feet, and uh, that was a few, couple weeks ago. And I haven't heard anything. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, here to speak in favor of this application is the applicant, Mr. Cecil Cook. Come right along. I'm Brad Martin with American Engineering. I hope I can speak. My address, my office address is 1060 Lynn Haven Parkway in Virginia Beach. Um, my former address, I grew up on Armster Bridge Road in West Ghent, and I only mention that because I grew up playing Little League at Bluebird Park. And I love the recommendation you all are sending to council for that redevelopment project that you heard first. That's an exciting redevelopment project. Um, I am here with Mr. Cook. Does he need to mention his address? If he's going to speak. But since you're there, Mr. Cook, we'll put you on the record. Go right ahead. Uh, Cecil Cook, 8008 Ardmore Road, Norfolk. Thank you. Thank you. I am the uh, consulting civil engineer on the project, and we are proposing to move Mr. Cook's current operation across the street. I want to thank um, Mr. Whitney and the rest of the planning staff for their work on this project. Very detailed and very accurate uh, staff report. Mr. Cook is moving Bud's auto service across the street. He is currently in a situation where he's renting the building that he's in today. Um, he wants to buy this piece of property, which was formerly the Triangle Rent-A-Car, and build a new auto service building, uh, as Chris mentioned. And that building is going to be about 175 feet off of the right-of-way line, so it's going to be set back very far. The existing Triangle Rent-A-Car uh, building that's there today is about 1,600 square feet, and that will remain and be improved. Um, uh, I should say repaired. Um, want to be careful about that because we are going to repair the building that's there, um, and that is going to become his office. So. We have a use of automobile repair, which does require a special exception. We think this is very much in conformance with what's going on up and down Military Highway. Um, and we think that this is worthy of your approval and sending us on to City Council. We are doing several um, improvements. I don't want to just restate what Mr. Whitney stated. But we are going to remove all of the frontage fencing. We are going to, do I have control of a mouse here? Yeah. This is going to be a new fence across here that is going to um, really just enclose the, the middle third of the property with fencing. We are going to start on that corner right there, and we are going to remove all of this fencing and all of this barbed wire, which comes out um, almost to the right-of-way line. Uh, so we think that's a, a significant improvement to the property. We are also going to remove the existing triangle rent-a-car sign, which is non-conforming and replace it with a conforming monument sign. We think this is a pretty substantial upgrade to the existing site that sits there, and uh, we're excited to redevelop this property and improve this piece of property. Happy to answer any questions you might have. Any questions, commissioners? Yeah, I've got, I've got a couple. This is a yeah. tough one for me because this, this area is already saturated with automobile use and tire use and everything else. Mm -hmm. if, if you're going to move across the street, I assume it's going to be tire replacement repair, where's the storage of the tires and rims going to go? Uh, in the building that I'm building out back, inside the building. You're building another building out back? Or? Yes, sir. 4,500 square foot building right in the back. Gotcha. 
So there'll be no outdoor storage at all? No, sir. No, sir. Okay. That's part of my issue now. My building I have now is not quite big enough. So I want to move across the street and build a big building so everything is done inside. And just, I'm really concerned we're going to add to the problem we have out there. It's, it's kind of a catch-22. You're trying to do the right thing, which is move across the street and move into a proper facility. Because yes, right now your facility is not proper for that, that use. Uh, but it, it also could lend itself to having another eyesore in the area, too. So that's why I'm being very careful about, you know, where you're going to store your stuff, do your work, and that kind of stuff. Yes, sir. It won't be nothing outside. Okay. Nothing at all. To, to that point, and I want to be very careful because Mr. Cook leases his property right now, um, and the his current landlord, the owner of the property across the street, I understand where you're coming from, that, that we don't want to just add to the situation that's there now. There is currently an effort to assemble that property and move that on to a bigger and better redevelopment, and I want to make sure that I'm not trying, I'm not representing that that's a part of this application or anything like that. But having buds move across the street to this new facility opens up some opportunity for that, where it's not just the property that he's moving out of, but it is a larger property that is under some, some of the same ownership that it is today and becomes the potential for a better redevelopment site. So I, I put that out there with no um, prognostication of what's going to happen, but I think this is a, an important first step if that were to happen. Do you have any um, elevations of what the building's going to look like or what the old building's going to look like after you've fixed it? We have not gotten to that point yet. I apologize. Um, it, it's, you all understand it's hard to invest in, in architectural services or even engineering services before we know that there's a real project here to be done. It's going to be a metal building. Um, as I mentioned before, it's going to be about 175 feet off the right-of-way. There are going to be four... Um, car opening to the to the top garage doors um, the total height of the building might be 20 feet or so but other than that there's there's really nothing um, that we've put on paper uh, I wish I were an organic grocery store and could bring you some nice beautiful elevations but I can't what uh, what type of fence are you gonna be installing across the parking lot it's it's the same fence as there it's just we're just moving it back as a little Eight foot fence? Chain link? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I mean, one of the concerns that I have, and this has been an effort in that um, area of a portion of Military Highway for years now, is to try to clean it up. Um, uh, the, there are some uses that are unsightly and duplicative, and, and we're concerned about that. We're concerned about, of course, the your old location reopening again as a, another used tire place, and then we just have more used tire places, which, um, you know, unfortunately have. Uh, a bad reputation for not being uh, beautiful. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, looking at your old location, it doesn't give me great hope for your new location. Uh, you, your old location has banners that say used tires. It has horizontal signs that say used tires. You've got vertical signs that say used tires. You've got a truck parked out front that says used tires. You've got a trailer parked on the other side that says used tires. And of course, you have your huge monument sign that says in law, all of them large, bold letter used tires, which uh, it's hard to believe that any of that could be considered by most anybody to, anybody to be beautiful. Um, so I, you know, I, I, have, I have two problems. One is I'm concerned about just adding another auto-related use in an area where we've had a concerted effort to, redu effort to reduce the number of auto-related uses. And then my second concern is without seeing 
what your buildings are going to look like, I'm concerned it's going to be another eyesore on the military highway corridor. Um, those are my thoughts. Thank you, Mr. Thomas. Any other comment or question? I got two questions. Um, one, one um, Mr. Cook, how long have you been at your existing location? Uh, about four years. About four years? Yes, sir. And do you have any intentions to have multiple locations in that area? or is No, sir. No? Um, I guess my other question for staff is that is it, I mean, is there any way that we can see, you know, uh, attach some sort of approval to as a condition, um, some condition of actually seeing renderings of what this improvement would look like? Um, well, there's, I mean, several things. I mean, first, you could add it as a condition that it would go to the, through the design review process. Um, the, the, what that does is that, that sends it to the ARB and then ultimately back to the Planning Commission. Mm -hmm. um, ARB is a great body, but they've tended to, to struggle where they don't have design guidelines and there are, would be no design guide, there are no design guidelines in this area. So that would be a, a bit of a struggle um, for them. The other option, if you are really feel the need to see the, the design, it would be to um, continue the application and, and ask the applicant to bring back some renderings um, at, at your next meeting or, or a future meeting. Um, if because ultimately, if you even if you send it through the design process, y'all are the ones that it comes back to um, for you to look at. So, mm -hmm. I'll have another question once you're done. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, you mentioned you needed to fix the old building. What's wrong with the old triangle around a car building? Just just some broken windows and a and a failing canopy. And it, I wanted to make sure I wasn't representing that we were going to massively re refurbish that building. We are going to repair. What, what an onlooker would say is broken about that building today. Um, it, as far as the architectural elevations and the suggestions from Mr. Homewood, I was just at the Chesapeake Bay Board hearing in Virginia Beach on Monday, and, and they were talking about a 30-day a deferral for an applicant who had already closed on the property, and the situation there was a 30-day um, deferral in interest payments was about $11,000. Of, a, of just a, a lost sunk cost to that applicant. Mr. Cook here um, is under contract to purchase this property. He has not. Uh, he signed, obviously, a letter of intent to, to move forward to this point. A 30-day deferral would mean an extension of that um, purchase contract and um, some additional costs on him. But I understand where you're coming from uh, with the architectural elevations. Um, Again, I'm not positive what I can what I can tell you that would satisfy you because we are talking about a, a metal garage building um, that's going to be um, half a football field away from Military Highway. Mr. Martin. Yes, sir. You mentioned uh, something with regard to the current building. Can can you restate that for me? Yes, the current triangle rent-a-car building that sits out there on the front is about 1,600 square I thought, feet. Excuse me. I thought you were referencing his existing location. His existing location across the street. Yes. I, I didn't mean to say that okay. we were talking about, no. Okay. I thought you were talking about where he is now. Okay. No. Thank you. And I didn't say before, we obviously are in, in agreement with all of the conditions in the staff write-up. Um, 
and happy to. That, that's obviously where you all are able to control what goes on on this site. Um, and then whatever happens across the street, um, presumably would come in front of you under another applicant. Any other question or comment, commissioners? Thank you, sir. Thank you, commissioner. Uh, Mr. Warren Sachs. My name is Warren Sachs, and my office address is 300 East Little Creek Road, and my residential address is 12586th Street in Virginia Beach. I've known Bud Cook for more than five years. He is an honorable, very, very, very small businessman. Trying to move across the street, the Ingrams who own the property across the street are trying to assemble the property. The bigger piece of the property has been for sale for a long time. It's got some environmental issues, and that's what they're trying to deal with. His property presently is right on Military Highway. I mean, he's just, people come in and park the car and walk into the office, and I'm not so sure the car doesn't stick into the city right away. I mean, that's how close it is. He's trying to move across the street. He's trying to build a building that's almost 180 feet off the right away. It's going to look like a typical Butler building with four doors in it. It looks like vertical siding. He's adhered to all of the conditions that the city has put on him in regards to landscaping, removing the razor wire, doing everything that the staff wanted to beautify the property to make it look good. It's a, it's a tire business. It's a used car, selling brakes, selling tires. He may eventually change oil. If he does that, he'll have to get permission from the city to dispose of the oil. But he's a small businessman just trying to do better moving across the street and definitely going to make the place bigger, better, especially if Ingram's has another usage for the place he's in now because whatever the usage is, it's going to look better than it is parking right on the road. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Sachs. Uh, question, comments, commissioners? You know, I I, um, I appreciate as a small former small business person, um, it's hard. It's hard to continue for another 30 days, um, and I'm I'm not sure we're ever going to get a beautiful used tire store. <coughs> um, I think it's probably going to look a lot better than what you have now, um, and I you know um, so I um, I think it's difficult for I think we should be looking at land use. Um, I understand we also want the corridor to look good as well, um, but I am concerned that we are um, talking about some details that um, with used tires may be uh, beyond the scope of what we're, we're supposed to be looking at. So, Any other comment? Uh, just a question, uh, probably for George or staff. I probably should know the answer to this by now. He's not going to be able to get his business license open until the new building's put up, all the landscaping done, everything. Is that correct? That's, that's correct. The, the final condition, condition U, um, lists all the other conditions that have to be in place um, prior to uh, obtaining a business license. And I've got one question for George as well. My assumption is um, in, his, uh, in his desire to want to come in compliance with what the city requires, um, the same compliance individuals who are currently observing his place of business would, would be there to ensure that he continues to maintain the conditions that we're requiring of him at this point. Uh, absolutely. We, uh, we, we, this is an area of the city um, that... Um, we have an enhanced code enforcement presence. Okay. 
Any other comment? My concern remains that, that you know the, the current location is, is quite honestly an eyesore. There, there are eight, I'm looking at the pictures, eight locations on that building in large bold letters where it says used tires. We don't, have, we don't see a plan or even a promise to, to reduce that number of, of gaudy, large signage. It's, it's a use that over the years that I've served here has been determined to be incompatible with that corridor. So it is a planning issue. Okay. It's a use that we've said, no, we need to reduce the number of for years now. And he's asking us to add another one of these to an area where we've been trying to reduce them. And so to, to, to go back on that, it would need to be something really, really special. And I'm just not getting the really, really special feeling on, on this application at this point. Further comment, question? Coming back to the signage, wouldn't our current ordinance limit the number of signs that he could put up yeah. in this location? Yes, and so I don't know, of the signage on the old building, I don't know how much of that is legal because I simply don't know how much of it may be grandfathered. I know it's an older building. I know the site's grandfathered for the use. It may be that much of that signage or the space used for signage has been used for such a period of time that it is grandfathered. Um, with a, with a from-scratch new site, um, all of the restrictions in the sign code can be applied from day one. And so just as the non-conforming um, existing sign is coming down and the conforming monument sign um, can go up, then all of the wall signage and other signage will also be conforming. We're starting with a clean with a clean site. So, um, yes, whatever limitations apply to any um, new conforming business will also apply to this site. Thank you, Adam. Ready? I think we're ready, Susan. Okay. Uh, the motion is to recommend that the special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? I'd say it's, it's difficult from a planning standpoint with uh, this application, but I'm going to point out a few things that I think might be positives here. One is to, to get a start with a new site that's going to have to conform to current sign guidelines. Um, they're going to improve a site that's sitting vacant now. There will be a new use. A new use can come into that space that is the same use. They do not need to come through us um, if they're going to be doing the same, same business. But I do believe they would need to conform to current a new business, would they accept the grandfathered uses of the signs there? If, the, if the, We'd have to look and see if the signs were grandfathered, do the best we can for that. It's difficult. I don't think there's, a, there's an easy answer for me here. But I'm going to support, um, support your business moving forward in hopes that you'll take the suggestions that, that you've heard here today and, and understand what we're trying to do along, along um, Military Highway. We do have much bigger aspirations for there. It's going to be great for you and for your business. It's going to be great for the city. Hopefully you'll, you know, you've been there for four years. Hopefully you'll be there a long time and you'll help us in that mission going forward. Um, be, be cognizant of our, our concerns about um, the way the properties look and, and hopefully it'll be um, maybe an igniter for, for greater things along that, yeah. that corridor. I vote aye. Mr. Hales? I, I have the, 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 I share Mr. Thomas's concern. You know, I, I drive down Little Creek Road and Military Highway every day, and notoriously the two worst-looking areas, corridors in, in the city as far as uh, businesses not taking care of themselves. But on the other hand, we do have a gentleman here that's going to buy the property, build a building, uh, he's going to put a significant investment into this business, so, I, you know, I have to assume that he's going to take care of the property, keep the business up, uh, and, and, and make the corridor a better-looking place. Uh, so for that reason, I vote aye. Ms. McClellan? 
my two colleagues have said it well. Um, I vote aye. I, I, Mr. Hutchins, I, I, I'm really anxious on this. I, I, hope, I really hope that, um, uh, that that you do ignite, you know, some great improvements along that military highway corridor. Um, obviously, my uh, fellow commissioners have um, expressed their sentiment to want to see some improvement in the city, and um, at this point, it, it, it looks like it's going to start with you. So um, I do vote aye. Mr. Thomas, no. And Mr. Fraley, no. We'll make that recommendation to council. Thank you. Next item. Okay. The next item is uh, item number nine, seven eleven for the following applications on thirty eight oh five Collie Avenue. A, a special exception to operate a convenience store twenty four hours with fuel sales, and B, special exception for the sale of alcoholic beverages for off premises consumption. The purpose of the request is to allow for the existing fuel pumps and canopy to be demolished, and for new fuel pumps to be installed with one additional fuel pump being added. Thank you, Susan. Here to speak in favor of this application is the applicant, Steve Romine. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I'll just give a short presentation. Okay, sorry about that. Um, but this is this is a request for the uh, two special exceptions, convenience store, 24 hours with fuel sales, and the sale of uh, alcohol beverages for off-premises consumption. Um, it's the existing site, 711 at 38th and Collie Avenue, and the site is currently grandfathered um, for all of its uses right now with the gas station, 24-hour um, operation, and alcohol sales. However, because they would like to um, expand the number of fuel pumps and, and completely um, uh, take out the underground uh, fuel tanks and, and rehab that portion of the site, that is what's requiring the uh, site to come into conformity. Um, with that, they also have applied for the ABC off-premise license to come into conformity with that grandfathered use. Um, so we will have all of our attached normal conditions that we attach to um, ABC off-premise special exceptions uh, now coming into effect for that use, including the rule for no single sales at this location, which currently they're grandfathered for single sales. So that would be a change in that aspect of it. Um, the site is located um, in at the edge of where Highland Park and Kensington and Park Place comes together here. And um, the site is zoned appropriately for this type of use. It's zoned C2. Um, and they do have a conceptual site plan here, which does provide several upgrades to the site. It will be attached to the um, convenience store fuel sales special exception as a condition. And um, the things that I will point out in front of you is the um, the curb cut that's currently at the on th along 38th Street, which is uh, a known safety hazard, having a curb cut that close to the intersection where cars queue there um, along 38th Street, that is um, being closed at um, at the the consent of the applicant at the request of city staff and our transportation division to close that and provide for a safer site, and so that is um, a big change for safety, and uh, they also have a non-conforming sign that you see. And um, if you look on the site plan, that site, that sign is having to be removed and replaced with a conforming monument sign, and that's a condition in the special exception. Also, the current dumpster corral is a is a wooden enclosure that's in disrepair uh, here to the north of the building, and that is going to have to be um, completely uh, completely rehabbed with a with a conforming concrete masonry. Um, type enclosure that would conform to the current 
regulations. Um, so those are several of the changes. Also, this site is located in the city's um, Central Hampton Boulevard area plan. So it calls for more walkable elements and having the landscaping define that pedestrian edge. So we are asking for landscaping to be brought where possible to the uh, property lines um, to define that sidewalk, which we're getting more sidewalk on 38th Street because of that curb cut being closed. So that's an improvement for that side. And then also more landscaping along Collie Avenue um, between the two aprons on that side. And then on 39th Street, there currently is not a, a sidewalk there. Um, so we have required as another condition, special exception, to have a sidewalk there. We want to um, be uh, aware of how future development would probably also tie into this. And we want to have a robust sidewalk network. So that's being added as a part of the special exception. Um, so that, that's, that's all that I'll go into. Uh, I won't read all the conditions. Um, it's the same standard conditions that we apply for these types of uses. But if you have any questions about this site, more than happy. Matt, um, you just wanted to get in front of the cameras, didn't you? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, 24 hours service at that location is grandfather. It is, okay. yeah. It's it's grandfather for everything it's doing now. It's just by virtue of them having to rip up those fuel pumps and put new, and they're going from two fuel pumps to three. <clears throat> we consider that an expansion. <clears throat> um, so they're having to come through this body. And the applicant has been willing to give up the grandfather single serve to be in compliance with uh, what our current practice is. Yes, sir. They have signed off on that condition. Yep. Thank you. Any other questions of Mr. Simon? Staff's recommending approval on both requests. Thanks, Matt. Uh, Steve? Uh, good afternoon, uh, Chairman Fraley, members of the Planning Commission. For the record, my name is Steve Romine, local attorney, 999 Waterside Drive, Norfolk. Uh, we are requesting that the Planning Commission recommend approval of these two special exceptions. I'll try not to be redundant in the interest of time. Matt did a great job. We appreciate all the interaction that we've had with the staff on this. This is simply 7-Eleven uh, doing what they call a fueling remodeling. Uh, the store will stay as is. They're tearing the canopy down, uh, replacing the underground tanks, and the what we call the multi-product dispensers. There's two now. We'll add a, an additional one, so there'll be three new MPDs. Now, the good news is this is part of 7-Eleven's normal programmatic process for their environmental upgrades, so they're in compliance with their own guidelines, not only what's required by state regulations, but after uh, a site ages for a certain period of time, they do these rehabs. So the good news for the city is the because we have to do the rehab and want to upgrade our fuel, there are other benefits that come with that with respect to upgrading the site with the two new CUPs, eliminating the single serves. I think the biggest improvement that Matt mentioned was the closure of the um, entrance on uh, 39th Street, 38th Street, I'm sorry, 38th Street. Um, so if you have the diagram in front of you, you also notice we're adding uh, the dumpster enclosure improvement that Matt did mention and additional sidewalks and landscaping. So I think it's a real facelift and an enhancement to the store in that corridor. I'll also add one other thing which isn't that obvious in the plan, which I think is really terrific, is the brick and wrought iron fence that's going along there is going to add a really nice architectural feature. If you remember the store we did up on Hampton Boulevard at 26th Street, uh, the mayor had a vision for the serpentine brick wall that runs up to, toward ODU. We were sort of the first ones in, and we built that architectural feature along that area. So this will have a similar type brick and wrought iron fencing. You can see it 
overlaid up there on 39th Street for a stretch. And then on the corner, we have a little section of it that runs across that corner. And then it comes down in between the entrances on Collie, and then it's continued along 38th. So I think it's a really nice enhancement as well uh, that will uh, be compatible to the residential area and be a nice aesthetical aesthetic improvement. So with that, I'll stand by. I know uh, um, uh, we've had a thorough presentation, but I'll stand by for questions. Thanks, Steve. Any questions of Mr. Romine, commissioners? Comment? Thanks, Steve. Appreciate your support. Thank you. Um, does not wish to speak with us in favor of this application, Mr. Gary Franks. Thank you, sir. Comments, commissioners? Susan? Okay. The motion is to recommend that the special exceptions be approved, subject to the uh, conditions uh, for both uses contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Yes. Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. And Mr. Fraley? Aye. Good luck with that, Steve. Thank you. Okay. Item 10. Next item, 10, LeGrand Kitchen for a special exception to operate an eating and drinking establishment at 4513 through 4515 Collie Avenue. The purpose of this request is to increase the total capacity for the existing restaurant. And we acknowledge that there is no opposition to this application. Okay. The motion is to recommend that the special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Yes. Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Mr. Fraley? Aye. Make that recommendation to council as well. Okay. Item number 11, Lemongrass Grill for the following applications at 725 West 21st Street. A, a special exception to operate an eating and drinking establishment, and B, uh, a 21st Street pedestrian commercial overlay development certificate. Uh, we're here to answer questions. Is the applicant, Mr. Robert Brennan? Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. We chair acknowledges that there is no opposition to this application. Susan. Okay, the motion is to recommend that the special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report, including the conditions pertaining to the non-smoking in the outdoor dining area. Dr. Newman? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Yes. Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. And Mr. Fairley? Aye. We'll make that recommendation to council. Thank you. Number 12, Hair of the Dog Eatery, for a special exception to operate an eating and drinking establishment at 4820 Hampton Boulevard, Suites B and C. And here to answer questions is the applicant, Benit Law. Okay. And Herman F. Reddy. But well, we got a presentation coming. Okay, so uh, this is uh, for Hair of the Dog Eatery. It's a special exception for eating and drinking at 4820 Hampton Boulevard. Uh, this site is located on the corner of 49th Street and Hampton, um, and it's surrounded by a number of retail uses to the north and south, uh, to the east, uh, some multifamily, and to the west, uh, ODU. Um, and the request, again, is to operate an eating and drinking establishment. Um, so the hours of operation that they're proposing are from 7 a.m. until 1.30 a.m., seven days a week. And then for the sale of alcoholic beverages, uh, they want to do 9 a.m. until 1.30 a.m., also seven days a week. Uh, they're going to do 80 seats indoors, 32 outdoors, and the total capacity will be 140. Um, 
So staff is recommending approval for this application subject to the conditions in the staff report. And one of those conditions um, is uh, a landscaping plan that they'll be submitting and they're working with a landscape architect in Arpos. Um, and also that uh, their outdoor dining area be um, only a, a maximum of, of 10 feet from their building outline. They initially applied for or we're going to apply for an encroachment, um, but they uh, have since changed that to just be the 10 feet. Any questions? Any questions to Chris, uh, commissioners? Thank you. Would you like to add anything, applicants? Thank you. I would have some questions for the applicant, though, if you uh, don't want to, don't mind coming up. Sure thing, sir. Hi, just give us your name and mailing address for the record. Sure thing. Uh, Vineet Lal, uh, mailing address 219 Granby Street, uh, uh, Norfolk 23510. Okay, thank you, Ms. Lal. Just wanted to raise a question to you. You know, we've really been entertaining a lot of outdoor dining here. I think it's a great part of uh, of the city, it's a great new use. Yes, sir. One of the concerns that I have personally is um, cigarette use. Cigarette use uh, was banned from indoor dining establishments years, several years ago. Right. And really want to make a push uh, in the city to eliminate smoking uh, in the outdoor dining areas as well. Okay. Uh, and wanted to sort of get your thoughts as a business owner and for your business there, if this is something that you would be willing to, to proffer that uh, you would not allow smoking in your in your outdoor area uh, it is a health concern to those around uh, those patrons around it. It's, it's a health concern to those walking through it understanding you do have two uh, two entrances there I understand. Um, but you know we want to start this discussion and, and hoping that we can we can get our businesses on board like many other cities have okay um. <laughs> give me just a <laughs> okay <laughs> something that we did not sure. I'm Heyman Threddy, um, 4027 Baroque Place, Suffolk. Um, we do agree with your, we do have two more establishments in Virginia Beach, the same caliber. So we do recommend people not to smoke outside. So that's our, that's our policy anyways. That's your policy. Is that something that you're willing to, to have in your, as part of your condition? I think it's, I mean, I think it's, it would be a great thing to yes, proffer. Certainly. Absolutely. I think that's a great step, and I really applaud you all for doing that. I think the, the health of the, of the city and everyone in general, and then eventually the health of your business is going gonna, is gonna to flourish. Because we agree. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I think the application should be amended then in your motion to indicate that the applicants have proffered to eliminate smoking in the outdoor dining area. Right. Correct? Yes, sir. We thank, thank, you. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Mm -hmm. So the motion would be to recommend this special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report and the additional condition at the public hearing, which would prohibit smoking in the outdoor area. Dr. Newman? Aye. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Yes. Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. And Mr. Fraley? Aye. Good luck with that. Okay, and the last one, number 15, Smart Mouth Brewing Company, for the following applications at 1309 Raleigh Avenue. <laughs> To amend, a special ex to amend a previously granted special <coughs> exception to operate an entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages, and B, a special exception to operate a microbrewery. The purpose of the amendment is to add a new floor plan uh, options as well as additional managers to their currently approved special exception permit. Thank you, Susan. We do want to acknowledge uh, Ms. Uh, Chris Newkirk. Nykirk. Nykirk, excuse me. 
uh, who will answer any, was not wish to speak, but is here in support. We do not have any opposition to this application, Ms. Nykirk. Susan? I do have a couple questions. <laughs> I think she knows which direction we're heading. Just give us your name and mail address, Chris. Uh, Chris Nykirk, 5336 Edgewater Drive, Norfolk. So you've got a great outdoor dining, a great outdoor <laughs> establishment there at, at Smart Mouth. Um, you are certainly very familiar with the Planning Commission um, and one of our most loyal customers. Um, <laughs> that you put us last, by the way. Always. I think frequent flyer miles farther on the agenda. But I'll um, you know, raise the same question to you. And um, do you think that smoking in your outdoor area is something that is really adds to your business model? Is it something that you think that you could could give up, something that you could could proffer to, to do away with out there? We could definitely give it up, but my fear would be that people would stand on the street and that would be their welcome into Chelsea, is that you'd end up with, that would be the first thing people would see coming down Orapax Avenue. Um, what we could maybe do is put them on the grass farther back towards the end of the cul-de-sac, so at least they're not in the eating, you know, not eating, but in our main area. I mean, we could say they're just not allowed on the property, but I know that they'll just walk down to Tycon or they'll walk across the street to see it every day, and you're not going to stop people from smoking when they're drinking a beer. But, I mean, we could say it's not allowed. I don't, it wouldn't bother us. But Sure, to, to, not, to not allow smoking. on the, I mean, I think it's, it, there's going to be some baby steps along the way, and I think the more businesses we can get on board with it, I think we're going to be better off down the road, like I said. So if it's something easily, that you all would do, and, and we'll make an effort down there to explain to people why we're doing it and, you know, where... You know, I don't even like to offer them an alternative. I like to see smoking go away altogether. But I understand it's going to be, uh, be baby steps. But if that's something that, that you're willing to, to proffer on the outdoor area as well for a, no smoking in the outdoor area. I, I think that would be fine. I just want to warn you two that two, you'll, end up, you'll end up in the bike racks start. or, you know, they'll end up in front of our neighbors. So. Right. Yeah. Um, well, we appreciate you relenting on that. Dr. Dan is on a mission here and he's bringing us along. <laughs> That's Thanks, fine. I appreciate we should that. just make the whole city non-smoking. We're getting there. <laughs> and all the step at a time. We just got started today. Small outdoor dining establishment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We thank you. Susan. Okay. The motion is to recommend that the special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report and the additional condition added at the public hearing regarding the prohibition of smoking in the uh, outdoor area. Dr. Newman? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. McClellan? The next time Smart Mouth comes back, I think they should be at the top of the agenda. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would work. <laughs> Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. And Mr. Fairley? Aye. Uh, that concludes our public hearing. Mr. Uh, Director, do you have anything for us? Um, just, just, just in response to Ms. McClellan's comment, um, the order of business is um, established by the Planning Commission in your bylaws, policies, and procedures. Um, and so we, we, do follow, we do follow your bylaws as you've told us to do. She's going to be, she just forgot, she's going to bone up. A little, little remedial bylaws. Right. <laughs> Mr. Melita, do you have anything, sir? No, sir. Thank you. We are adjourned. Thank you. <laughs>